family, Vladimir Pragnevsky here and welcome to episode number 42 of the Ukramedia podcast, where I serve our Ukramedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Now, today's guest is someone super special. His name is Lloyd Alvarez, and I hope I said his name right. He's the founder of AEScripts.com. Lloyd, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time, and congratulations on your new baby, a boy, by the way. That's a huge deal, man. Thank you. Thank you, and happy to be here. Now, my wife told me not to ask you this question, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this: How many? You know, because most people say, "Hey, don't ask new parents if the child is sleeping through the night and all that stuff." Now, but how many cups of coffee did you have this morning? <laughs> Maybe that uh, well, would be a better question. Well, first of all, it's my second, so you're more than welcome to ask that question. There's no there's no off off limits questions, and he is such a dream baby. He like complete opposite to our first baby, who was colic and just you know difficult he's still difficult <laughs> oh, i can relate um, to that so this baby is as a matter of fact this morning my wife just sent me a photo of the baby sleeping without a swaddle now and so she's super excited how many kids do you have two two, yeah, me two, two bo- both two boys, boys yeah. yeah me too what, what are the what's the uh, the age difference between the two uh the smith the oldest is about to turn four in like a week and clark the youngest is about to be three months Wow. You know, I come from a large family of nine children. And let me tell you, man, I'm not competing with my parents. No way, man. I'm content with those two <laughs> kids. You know, like I said, they have two boys and they keep me busy. I can't imagine having more. Now, I, are you are you done? Are you going to have more kids? Yeah. You know, I, I'm actually from a small family and I was like, oh, I want to have a big family, right? Because that seemed like a great <laughs> idea. But right. man, two is plenty. <laughs> Dude, I, hear I, yeah, I, I definitely think this is it. But I mean, it's great, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> no, I, oh my gosh, yes. I mean, most people will not tell you. I, kids are amazing. They're a blessing. But the sacrifice, I mean, when I became a father, I truly realized what true sacrifice means. I mean, you have to truly die to self to be a father. You know, it's no longer me. It's how can I provide for my family? And all. So there's like a, it's a very deep, deep uh, experience. But anyway, that's a, a whole different topic for another conversation. <laughs> but I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. I've been searching the web for anything and everything I can find about you in preparation for this podcast. And I saw, I saw like a hilarious ice bucket challenge video that you did. I even learned how to tie a short tie from a YouTube video you posted like seven years ago, I believe. So not many people know how to tie a tie these days, man. Do you still wear a tie? <laughs> Well, that I don't wear ties. That's why I make a mockery of it. You know, I'm like, if I am going to wear a tie, I'm going to wear it my way. <laughs> so that's that's how the short tie thing um, came about. Now, but you have a, you have quite a journey. You moved to the United States from Mexico. We, we have something in common. We're both immigrants. You were an art director, designer, and animator for some well-known shops like The Mill, Digital Kitchen. So, but I find it interesting that you plan to be a doctor. And yet now you're as far away from that career as East is for, from the West. How did that happen? Wow, you really did your homework over here. <laughs> yeah, I tried, um, I tried. Uh, well, Mexican fathers are a little bit overbearing, and which is interesting now that we're talking about fatherhood. You know, it's like right. now that I'm a father, I'm like having to deal with some of the same things. But basically, my dad was like, you know, these are your choices in life. You can either become a doctor or you can never talk to me again. Wow. Um, and, and <laughs> no I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty close to accurate. And, uh, and so, of course, I was like, yeah, of course, you know, I, my whole life I was going to be a doctor until I was literally like in my third year of pre-med and I had to start doing the hospital rounds and I realized wow. I hated hospitals and I hated needles and the actual... The thing, the thing, the one thing that actually broke the camel's back is there was like this 
you have to practice drawing blood on, on each other so that like Ooh. the students, you know, I draw blood from you, you draw blood from me. And that's when I was like, this is crazy. I, I, can't, I can't even handle this. I'm like, this is not me, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and, and meanwhile, as a, because I was, um, I was having to pay for my own college, I had like a bunch of different jobs that I had to do. And one of them was working at the uh, university's like media department. And I loved that. I mean, I was like so engrossed in it. And it was, uh, I graduated in 1993. So in 1991, 92, I believe is when After Effects got released. And I, I was actually literally, I got a, like, I got them to buy a copy of After Effects. They didn't even know what it was. And I was kind of like just playing around and, and Meanwhile, I was like, okay, I got to go to my like biology class. And everybody's like, biology class? Why are you going to biology class? And I was like, you're right. Why am I going to biology class? And then I just bit the bullet. I quit the major. My dad literally stopped talking to me. Wow. And um, and yeah, my life changed ever since. Wait, do you, uh, how long did he not talk to you? Is he, are you guys talking now? I, until, I, until I started making uh, a living. Okay. Well, not just the living, like I started making international commercials and stuff like like he could see and show his friends and stuff. And it was kind of like once he could brag about me, I guess, again, it was. Did he apologize? Uh, um, No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's interesting. You were telling the story how you were drawing blood and all that stuff. I, I was working. I worked at the hospital at Ohio State University Medical Center for five years as, while in college as a nutrition aide. And for that position, they had to take my blood. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I was in a room and the nurse was, you know, drawing blood and I passed out. They, I coded, like they had to do the whole code blue thing. Uh, next thing I remember, yeah. I woke up and there was- Smiling like, salt. I, that, I've been there, done that. Yeah, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Like here's this Ukrainian guy, you know, Soviet bloc, this tough guy that walked in <laughs> and all these people were like, you know, are you okay? Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm kind of scared of needles. But anyway- no, that's totally me. Imagine having to do the drawing yourself and not pass it on. I, mean, like, I, I can't, I like, man. I, uh, <laughs> I remember when uh, my wife had to get an epidural, I had to leave the room. I couldn't. Yeah, uh, well, they don't. Yeah, they, they they actually don't allow husbands to see that anymore. I don't know. If, oh, I did not. Did you see the needle? You see how? Oh, my no, gosh. they don't. They don't. They don't. They, 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 they make you leave the room because they don't want you. to. Well, see I that. saw they the needle. They dropped the ball on me then. Uh, well, yeah, they definitely did. They're not. They're not supposed to. I was going to compliment your English. Your English is amazing. How did you learn English in Mexico? Or I'm curious, how did, how did that come about? Uh, I mean, I, I, my, I'm sure that I had English, you know, sort of spoken around, but I didn't really speak it until I moved here. But again, I, I moved here, I moved to Florida in the 80s. And so it was not cool to be from Mexico oh, okay. in Florida at that time. So I think it was just a survival mechanism. Or to be honest, it was, I think it was my idea. I'm like, if I can speak English properly, girls will actually be interested in me and talk to me. Uh, and That's unfortunately, funny. that was not the answer. But I got stuck with the, I, I wish I had an accent, to be honest. I think it would serve me better. People don't believe I'm from Mexico. Now, speaking of Florida, you mentioned that you're in Florida. Now, I was uh, reading up on you and, you and you lived in South Beach, Miami, and you were a DJ for quite some time. Now, how did that come about? I've always loved music and uh, I went to the University of Florida. And ironically, I, uh, during the time that I was there, there was a very influ influential nightclub called Simon's uh, that was a pioneer in like early house music and like big like British DJs would come around there and I, I it was a private club and I was a member and it was like super cool and I got sucked into it and 
And yeah, as a matter of fact, for a while there, I almost contemplated becoming a really? professional DJ, uh, but I, that lifestyle was just too much. Uh, well, I'm sure that it enhanced your creativity. I'm sure it helped you with your uh, motion graphics and design and all that stuff. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I was the, for sure that all of that is yeah, exactly. It's it's creating. Even now that I'm in in software, it's still creating, right? It's like. I'm creating things, building things. And that's, that's, I guess I've realized what my passion is, is, is to make things. If anything, now that I'm sort of more in this like managerial role running the business, it's not as exciting as it was when I was building the mm, business, right? Interesting. Like, I love building things, not necessarily maintaining things as much. <laughs> now, what do you do? You know, I'm, the mistake a lot of artists make is that they always only just get plugged in that one thing and they don't branch out and try other things. Do you, do you do anything outside of your work? Like, are there any, not, I guess, uh, careers, but is there anything else you do outside that is not related to motion graphics? Did some kind of art like DJing or anything like that? Well, yeah, I mean that that was the big thing for me. Is the DJing was a huge, uh, and uh, and and now now I love doing yoga. Really? <laughs> now, that a, now, now that I'm a little old guy, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you're right. It is important to make sure that you get a friend. As, as a matter of fact, you know, back when I was a, a creative director, one of the things I would advise designers to do is not to reference other design work. Uh, instead, to reference other things like architecture or I don't know photography like just things that are not because the, the the as you're very well aware it's very easy to copy when you're looking at something that is very close to what you're trying to do so if you want to do something truly original and and it's nothing wrong to be inspired by things and 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 have references but i feel that if the reference is not exactly you know if, for example if you see a cool curve on a on a chair that was designed or something and that inspires you to do a cool curve on your wipe transition from one scene to the other then that's cool right that's like and it's original so speaking of design do you do any more i, mean, I know you're full-time with a scripts now but do you pick up any freelance gigs or anything like that uh thankfully i haven't had to do any more freelance for like last for a few years um i, I loved doing the freelance but i was sort of i got to be at a high level dealing with agencies um here in new york and you deal with a lot of nonsense, really crazy requests that, frankly, I don't miss that anymore. <laughs> I like doing the work and I loved working with insanely talented people. But now I get to work with insanely talented people in other realms. You know, that's been something that's been really rewarding about, you know, big, big, the I, building a script was not something I like planned out. You know, it wasn't like I had a vision and this is. And now I'm fulfilling that vision. It was not that at all. It was kind of like all happened by accident. And and this concept that we were going to open it to other developers to come and, and put their stuff was just something that happened because we were trying to just aggregate tools from around the world. And so I'm every day I'm so amazed by the the tools that people come and and, and just send to us to like you know want to post. And just when I think that you know, we've, there's no way we can create another tool for After Effects. I mean, oh my God, how can there be anything else right. that we haven't done already? And man, every day, right? Every day I get something new and it's like, it's amazing. So that's pretty rewarding. Now, how did uh, AE script come about? Like, is it uh, just one day you, well, I, I know you, you came up with something that led to another thing. Can you walk through that? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I was a creative director and I've always been very technical, meaning back, you know, back when I got started, you were either a designer or you were an animator. There were no, very few people that did both. And as a matter of fact, uh, 
you know, I, I, I had to actually lie about the fact that I knew how to animate <laughs> early on. I would just, you know, des- because design was design. And I think design still, you know, design is where I get, well, anyway, back then uh, I decided that I wanted to be a more of a designer than an animator. And, but I loved animating too. And so I would have to just design and then sit in a room with an, another person and direct them into animating, which was really silly. So thankfully that's changed where now, obviously, and now, you know, and of course you would either do 2D or 3D and now, now you can do it all. So back then, you know, to, 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 to do more than one thing. So anyway, but to answer your question, as I was managing teams of, of, of After Effects artists, I realized that they were not working efficiently because again, because of my technical knowledge or whatever, I had devised these ways of, of being more efficient and in doing repetitive tasks. And I had built these tools to, to help me do that. So I started making the tools for just for our teams to work, but then word spread amongst, you know, like the freelance community in, in New York is pretty tight knit. So people heard about the tools and they, they were like, Hey Lloyd, can I have that tool that you made for your guys? And I'm like, sure. And then I would send it to them. But of course it wouldn't work because it was designed to work on that specific network or whatever that we were on. So then I was like, Oh, well, let me invest some time so that the tool is more user-friendly. And, you know, next thing you know, it's like, I'm a, software developer (laughs) and so then uh then we're distributing the tool for free like over back then it was aol uh i remember those days chat yeah and so like sending the tool over aol chat and trying to like do technical support over that was also ridiculous so (laughs) that's when we made the decision i'm like okay well i'm gonna make a website and i just randomly checked for the domain ae scripts and it was available and so i was like okay i'm gonna start the site. And at the time, not only was I doing these tools, but I would say there was probably like five other dudes around the world that were also making these kinds of tools. And they were posted on various, you know, message boards and stuff. And so the people come to me and say, hey, can I have your tool? And oh, by the way, also, how about that tool by that French guy that you said was really cool? <laughs> and I was like, well, here's the, you know, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Let's get everything together in one place and present it in a professional way that's easy for people to like understand how to use it, understand what the tool does, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's the genesis. That's how I was born. I reached out to all these five initial guys. I was like, Hey, what do you guys think about this idea? And let's get it all together. And they're like, yeah, it's a great idea. As long as you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and so it was just something else to do and build and, and problem solve. And I had no idea about web design. I had no idea about a lot of things. Um, that I had to figure out, but it was super exciting. And, and like literally the first month that we launched was really well received. Like it would spread like wildfire. Like we were on, you know, I, I, I don't know if it was called motionography yet, but might've been called tween back then. We just got a lot of coverage. People were very supportive. And so we got off to a great start and it was exciting. And never in a million years that I think I was going to be able to quit my job and do it full time. So the fact that we are here today is so satisfying and rewarding. I can't even, Tell you. Man, that's awesome. You're living the dream. 10 years ago, right? You started this company? Yes. The aescripts.com site was launched in 2000. How many employees do you get? Do you, I don't know if you guys work from home now because everything is virtual or do you guys have a, an office, employees? Uh, so we, we definitely work with a lot of people. Uh, I'm the only like full-time employee, but we work with contractors and freelancers and, and programmers and stuff. I'm based in, in New York and I do have a, an office that I go to. Um, and we have a couple other people who are based here in New York, but they, uh, we are my, my office in one, it's in one of these co-working spaces. So, oh, nice. 
if the other New York people want to come here, they can if they want, but it's not obviously required. And then we literally have people remote all over the world. And of course, the authors that we represent are all over the world as well. And um, so it's it's awesome. Well, now since location is not an issue for you, do you do you ever plan on moving back to Mexico? Oh my God, my wife loves Mexico and she wants to move to Mexico so badly. Is she from Mexico? No, she's American. Oh, wow. Uh, and she loves yeah. Mexico. That's awesome. She loves it. Uh, I mean, Mexico City specifically where I'm from. Oh, nice. That's a beautiful city. It a massive, it's having a massive renaissance and it's it's so cool and and it's and it's really awesome. But I mean, we love going back. We try to go back as often as possible, but literally moving there is a little bit more complicated. So unfortunately, no, I don't think we're going to be moving there. Uh, anytime soon, but gotcha. Well, let's let's transition to a dark moment in your life. I'm going to put you on the spot, man. I want you to tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey. It could be a business uh, experience or terrible experience with a client. So yeah, man. Oh man, interesting. Um, well, it's interesting. You know, I I I feel like I've I've always been a little bit in over my head, but going back to to being an immigrant, I feel life is constantly and and it's also do or die meaning like i didn't have any financial support from my parents because not that they didn't want to give me support it just wasn't there the economics from mexico to the us especially back then were just dramatically different oh yeah so so i i guess just early on i learned that quitting is not an option and no matter how dark it looks there's got to be an end somewhere uh, there's got to be a a, a a bright light at the end of the tunnel somewhere so you just learn to put your head down and 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 find it yeah i mean i definitely had like you know i guess back when i was a designer there was you know jobs where you just actually it's interesting uh, <laughs> i i don't think i have an exact answer for you but i do have a, an interesting anecdote that might be related which sure, is yeah back when i was doing design um whether the design was successful or not right uh was always very subjective meaning how do you know if you did the, your design correctly there's no some people might say oh yeah it's awesome and some people might say oh it's terrible but it's all subjective right and and it was so at, 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 it was so crazy at some point that like you know especially with these agency clients which they, it gets a little fake, right? So it's like, are they just saying they love it because they're trying to look good for their bosses or do they really love it? And it's like, I could just never tell. <laughs> so there was never this like definitive approval or catharsis. And then when I started doing the programming, it's like the program either, either worked or it didn't work. So you would be like working on a, on a bug all night. Like it just wasn't working, wasn't working. And after eight hours by yourself, it just suddenly works. And that is so conclusive, right? It's like, wow. It, I mean, of course, there's there's art and code, and that's something new that I'm getting into. But, but there's this like, it either works or it doesn't work. It's super binary. And that level of satisfaction that I got, you know, you're by yourself in this room and you've been at it for hours and it hasn't been working and suddenly it just works. Nobody else is telling you that it's good. You yourself, the computer just said, you know, it works. And that's, wow, that feeling was so awesome. I think that's why I got hooked on that. It was like, <laughs> screw this subjective art business, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, that's awesome. true. And it can be pretty hard, especially pretty, pretty harsh with the feedback. I'm sure. How do you deal with negative feedback? Do you have a tip, a tactic for that? Well, I don't see it as negative feedback. As a matter of fact, going back to my dad, who was just harsh and 
always criticizing me. You know, I never did anything right in his eyes. So I guess it just gave me the thick skin that, you know, to look at a positive out of a negative, I'm thankful for that because I can take criticism extremely well. I think that's what made me a good art director. I was able to go to a client and hear, and, and not only hear, but draw out from them. Like my job was to get them to give us the true criticism, right? Like you want to hear what's wrong with something. You don't want to just hear what's right with it. So I don't believe there's anything, there's such thing as bad criticism. Anybody who's actually willing to be honest with you, you should be thankful for that. You should not be defensive. Being defensive when somebody's trying to tell you something that you don't necessarily want to hear is you're not doing yourself a favor. You're 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 wasting a, an opportunity to to hear something that you might not might not uh, might not otherwise know or hear about yourself. So. No, that's interesting. Are you going to do the same with your kids? Are you going to be a little more <laughs> not as harsh as your father? You know, it's funny. I I I, I ah, God, yes, fatherhood, man. I try to right, like you try to you try to be different, but I, you, I find myself reverting a lot. It's we've definitely my wife and I have definitely split into two camps. I'm the disciplinarian, and she's the 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 yeah I'm, she's the yes person and oh my god if she hears this she's gonna kill me uh, <laughs> uh, but she's the yes of course you can rip open that Amazon box and throw all the peanuts all over the floor it'll be fun and I'm like what are you doing no he needs to understand that you can't do that she's like oh you need to let him be a kid you know it's like this constant like back and forth see so. my wife is the opposite she comes from a like her dad is a, like a tough cook i mean he's like he's got that like napoleon syndrome he's very short but he walks around with a russian accent like this guy is <laughs> tough i mean i remember one time this guy came by he was uh, he parked somewhere in a parking lot in a rough neighborhood and this guy with his pants to his knees knocked on the door young kid open he rolled his window down he goes uh hey can you give me some money so he gets out of the car he pulls his pens up, the dude's pens up, spanks him and says, go get the job. <laughs> oh my <laughs> That's gosh. my father-in-law. So he's like, uh, wow. he's a tough cookie. It's tough love kind of stuff. And, but my wife is definitely more of a, like, she's a, yeah, she's a tough cookie with the kids, you know? And I find myself more of a kind of like a diplomat with the kids, kind of try, <laughs> try to have them like me. And so, yeah, that's definitely. I think that's important, though, to have yin and yang. Right. I think it's, it benefits the kid to have a little bit of both so that they can decide what, you know, the, that hopefully makes them balanced in their life. Now, this is like totally not motion graphics question. This is more of a fa fatherhood question. Do you find yourself connecting with your kids at the, at the age that they are right now? Do you find like you're easily connecting with them or do you have a hard time, I don't know, playing with them with their toys and things that they love? Does that come natural to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think especially now with Smith, who's about to turn four, you know, he can really express himself and tell me what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I, of course, you know, like I have, you know, for example, I wanted him to learn how to swim, right? So from when he was four months old, we were in the pool together and we've been, you know, ever since. And now he can swim really well. And, wow, it's four years um, old. And like, that's something that, that's something that we like really bond over, right? Like he, I can tell because when he basically goes and looks at other kids who can't do it that are his age and he can do it so well. Uh, and, you know, I've always been in there with him in the pool. Like that's such a bonding wow. moment. It makes me so happy and proud because he genuinely likes it. Right. Like, cause sometimes they're like careful not to force kids into something, you know, like my dad wanted me to be a tennis player. So he forced me into it and it <laughs> backfired a little bit. Right. right? So I've, I was kind of careful. I was like, 
I try not to push him, but like obviously I'm I'm guiding him into it, you know. Uh, so in those cases, yeah, it's uh, it's it's that's easy. But but yeah, not with everything. Like my wife is like, you need to play with him more. Get down on the floor and build a Lego with him. And I'm like, I don't feel like doing it right now. Do you no, mind? I have a hard time with that. And you know, you, out, you wear so, so many hats. Do you have a hard time unplugging from everything and like actually being in the moment with the kids? Uh, yeah, well, especially running your own company, it's like you're always constantly thinking, but. But it's important, especially now that I have a three-month-old, I definitely, like, in the mornings, I just try to, like, grab him and, like, stare at him. And we, like, look at each other and we laugh and we giggle <laughs> and, and and just detach. That's, like, that's just food for the soul, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Now, who are your influencers? Um, oof. I, I don't know. I, I guess I've, I've been influenced by different people along the way, different stages of my career. I don't really get too fixated on, on one person. I, I guess what I, I'm really, uh, people are like, remember how I told you I didn't really have a plan for this 80 script thing and just kind of right. happened. I think this might also be a circumstance of, of this immigration, I mean, not immigration, um, immigrant experience where it's just such an unknown, right? Like, it's not like, it's not like we grew up in the same neighborhood that our parents grew up in and we can see clearly what the path is and what's the next step. It's like, everything is this like blank canvas. And, you know, even to this day, I don't know what next year is going to look like or the year after. So I've learned to enjoy this, you know, like the, 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 the grateful dead said, it's about the journey, right? You know, yeah, you kind of have to be comfortable being uncomfortable all the time. You know, you don't know where life's going to take you. Exactly. Or, or just not only be comfortable is to enjoy the uncomfortable. Mm. That's a step further, man. It's hard to enjoy, especially right now. You know, both of me and Sergey jumped and we're in this. Sergey just came back from Adobe. He was at Adobe Max presenting some sessions and everything's so new. I mean, this is the first time him, him being on such large stage. And I mean, the butterflies. But I learned one thing, man. If you're not living outside your comfort zone, man, you're not you're not seeing magic. You know, if you're not bubble, right. man, your safe zone will not lead you to anything great. Now, what? What? Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, and in my case, it's at least to boredom. Who wants to be bored? Mm-hmm. Like, like nothing to me and no offense to any accountants out there, but like if my job was to do the exact same thing every time I would poke my eyes out, right? Like I have to do something new all the time. Even if, if it's some similar topics, it's like something new and creative has to be in there. I guess that's just the way I am. Yes. I'm not the only one. Gosh, I thought I was the only one, man. I hate the cubicle lifestyle. Like I'm telling you a job, like I I can work for a job for like three to six months. And then I'm like sick of the cubicle, sick of the same meetings about meetings. And then I'm looking for something else. Like I have to constantly have some kind of project on the side. That's why I love kind of like what Sergey and I are doing. It's from podcasting to tutorials to, I mean, everything like the sky's the limit, you know? So you constantly feel like there's a, there's a lot that you can do. So I, yeah. I enjoy this. I mean, it's uncomfortable at times, most of the time, but it's great. You know, I enjoy it. And we're lucky that the, the After Effects community is like the best of the best. It it's, is, man. It's, it's, it has enabled me to do what I do. It has enabled you to do what you do. Uh, it has allowed so many people. We, like I said, we work with so many authors and, um, you know, some of them have quit their jobs too to do, to creating tools full time. And that's, that's just amazing. It's such an amazing, um, and the After Effects team uh, at Adobe is amazing, and they're all super great. And um, I don't know. It's I feel like I was like I told you, you know, ninety two, which is I pretty sure ninety two is when they launched, or, or ninety three around that time. You know, it just happened to be when I was gr- about to graduate college. So like, 
I was in the right place at the right time and I stepped into the right thing. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, no, definitely. Now share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success, man. Oh, uh, don't quit, man. Hard work, especially when things seem like you're not going to be able to hack it. That's when you really have to keep going. <laughs> Dude, this is so relevant for me, man. I, I, this is a great advice for me because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This secret media journey, like we've been, you know, like I said, for Sergey was a, working at it for a year. I've been six months and there are months where we're like, we're on top of the world. And there are months like, shoot, I need to start looking for a job. <laughs> and so, you know, from yeah. month to month, this entrepreneurial lifestyle is definitely like, holy cow, how is next month going to yeah. be for us? And you went from full time to, to totally. Yeah, your good own. Like I, I was I was a freelancer before I did the A script thing. So I was already comfortable with this idea that sometimes you're booked, sometimes you're not booked. And instead of stressing about not being booked, take that advantage to go on that quick vacation or really like because as soon as you get booked again, you're like, ah oh, man, I just wasted that those two weeks or whatever. Not in, instead it's of true. enjoying myself, I was stressing the whole time. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's that's um, the struggle, is it? Because there's so much unknown. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, people that have a nine to five job, they're they're secure in what they are. They they think that their paycheck is coming, so they're not worried about it. But really, they're just in the same boat as we are. If you think about it, their job is not guaranteed tomorrow. You're as good as your last performance, right? But there's this sense of security that you get with a nine to five job that you don't. With because you know, when you're a business owner, you look at your bank accounts, you look at your business, and you know where you are, you don't know where your company is. Your company might be bankrupt tomorrow, you know, but you have this sense of security that's kind of false if you think about it. Yeah, there's there's up and downs for everything. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I just wish I could just go and <laughs> sit, sit at a desk and be told what to do. That would like, <laughs> like that to me is the idea of a vacation. Oh, you know? that's so true. Uh, oh my gosh. You're right. And especially you, you're juggling. So you're wearing different, so many different hats. Uh, I can't imagine what, what life is like for you, but Hey, you're doing some great things though. Now, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start their own company? Oh man, get an advisor actually. Um, I'm actually, uh, I've become good friends with Joey from School of Motion and he's got some good advisors around him that, and it's made me realize how valuable that is. Oh yeah. Uh, and also, for example, like, you know, when I, when, when A-Script started growing, um, <clears throat> people are like, oh, you know, are you going to get VC funding or something like that? And I was like, hell no, I'm doing this on my own. You know, like that's just been my, uh, I guess back to that whole immigrant idea of like, you have to do it yourself, you know? Uh, don't go, don't go into debt. Like this idea of debt and stuff is a very American, uh, right. it's, 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 it's a, I would call it a privilege to be able to think that way, you know, in Mexico, like bank account, back when we were in, growing up in the seventies, the, in, the inflation was so high that putting money in the bank, you actually lost money because the interest rate on the bank account was less than the inflation. Wow. So, so, so this, this concept of trusting a bank and letting yourself be in debt was very foreign. So that's why I was like, no, we I have to do it myself. But now that the company is bigger, I, I can understand like when you get a venture capitalist, you're not just getting the money infusion, but more importantly, you're getting the brain knowledge, uh, this, you know, the, a network of really smart people who are invested in your success. So if you need to have a payroll done and you don't know anything about payroll, they're like, oh, well, you're going to talk to this guy and he's going to set you up and supposed to, as opposed to having to do all the research yourself and figuring it all out yourself. I mean, of course it's, it's, you become a better manager once you really understand it all yourself. But I, the advice would be find somebody who, who's, 
in the similar business or at least somebody you respect and, and, and ask for advice. Always use, do your, you know, use your gut and do what you think is right. But having good advice is really clutch. Now, what's coming up for, uh, for you? What's in, in your future here with AA Scripts? Uh, we are just always releasing new tools. We're always working on stuff behind the scenes, you know, we massive redesign of the site and we have, uh, various apps that we work on. We just released a, um, floating license server for enterprise customers. We keep developing the manager app that allows you to, you know, install and update and license all of your A scripts tools you know, stuff like that. Uh, we're working on various licensing frameworks that are maintained by myself and various other authors that, uh, that we work with. So, so much stuff that always going on, you know, it's, um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's great. It's like, we're like, how can we improve the experience for both the customers, you know, end users, as well as the authors themselves as well. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Smoke signals. <laughs> like the Indians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, uh, you you can actually, uh, on our website, we have a contact form. That's probably the best way to. Uh, um, and uh, we have, uh, of course, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. I, uh, I'm very much involved in that. So if you ever send a DM or, or, or something like that, most likely I will see it. All right, Lloyd. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lloyd Alvarez. Make sure to check out aescripts.com. Again, it's aescripts.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 42. And while you're there, check out our course on After Effects Expressions. We have well over six hours of content all for you. Go to euchromedia.com slash expressions. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to euchromedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,300 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Euchromedia Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>